Welcome to the 10th episode of the Gen X Photography Podcast. This is your host, Mario Piper. Uh, We're living in strange times right now, and I hope everyone is safe and sound and, uh, you know, keeping away from the COVID virus. I'm hoping everybody's staying healthy. And on the flip side of that, I hope also that you're not feeling too much stress regarding your finances and the economy. Uh, I realize that this is a very, very challenging time. Um, I'm young enough that, of course, I don't (laughs) uh, know the depression or remember it, of course. I don't think many of us do. Um, But I certainly remember the recession of 2008 and 9, and, you know, a little bit of 2010, and it was certainly a bit frightening. Um, We keep hearing reports about this being potentially worse than that, and so it's got a lot of us concerned. So my heart is going out to all of you for uh, what you're going through. I hope, uh, I really hope that you haven't lost your work. Um, And if you have, I hope that unemployment is kicking in. Um, Or conversely, that you receive the government stimulus uh, checks, the relief checks. Um, So anyways, uh, enough of that. Mainly just hope you're all well. Well, as far as photography is concerned, I know that, you know, the government restrictions in your uh, state or country probably have dampened um, your ability to move about as freely as you used to. But, you know, we can still do photography. Uh, It might mean that we're doing different kinds of photography, uh, such as perhaps still life photography in our household, taking, you know pictures of things that we normally see every day in our house, but perhaps with a more of a shallow depth of field because we're up closer to them taking photos or doing artsy-fartsy stuff with them. Um, but perhaps we're also able to just go out and, and shoot some film outside our house and outside of our property um, because, you know, our car is isolated. If we're inside our car... And if it's, especially if you live in a relatively rural or perhaps a very rural area, then it's you know pretty easy to just get outside and either take your car or go on a walk and you know get still get some pictures, especially as uh, you know spring comes about and the uh, warm weather affords us the opportunity to get out and see those beautiful spring images of you know plants flowers, trees, things like that, starting to show the signs of being alive again after winter. So that's what I've been trying to do. And, uh, you know, just to keep up with photography, because it is something that's cathartic for us. It's something that I know I enjoy in my ups and my downs. It's it's kind of a, a nice creative outlet for me to, to be able to capture the world, to see it in a different way. And, um, well, you know, you know the drill. Photography is, <laughs> it just means a lot to us as photographers. So, anyways. Well, what have you been up to lately? Uh, what, what are some new things that you've been trying to do? I know for me recently, um, I tried a new film stock. And uh, I know that 
this film stock has been widely touted as being, you know, the newest film stock on on the market. And some people love it, some people don't really like it. And I'll get into that here in just a minute. But the film is Lomography's uh, Lomochrome Metropolis. Now, this is a, a relatively expensive film. It's right up there with uh, Ektachrome E100. Uh, you know, about eleven, $11.50 a roll. And so it makes it pretty expensive for each shot uh, compared to, say, even something like Ektar. Um, or even something down the lines of Kodak Gold or Color Plus 200 or something along those lines. Um, it's a relatively expensive film. And is it worth it? Well, of course, it's all subjective. It depends on what kind of film you like, what you prefer. Do you like grainy-looking images? Do you like uh, images with lots of color, muted colors, clean images? What, what do you like as far as uh, photos is concerned, or are concerned? For me, I... I guess I I like all the above. I I like the muted colors. I like monochrome looking colors. Um, that might sound strange because we think of monochrome as black and white, but monochrome can really be, you know, any color. And you know, just as long as it's that color, pretty much on its own, without any influences of other colors. Kind of like the Kodak twenty two fifty four. It's it's not monochrome, but it approaches that. You know, having a very blue teal you know blue green sort of casts to it so you know i i like monochrome and i like you know bright colors i like black and white i like the grainy grainy photos and i like ultra crisp clear photos so i guess in that sense i'm not that difficult to please so anyways i i did some research on you know the Lomochrome Metropolis because again it's relatively expensive I didn't want to just buy it I wanted to find out what other people had said about it and the fact that it's an, a new film stock you know it was, it's exciting um, so I went on YouTube and I saw some uh, some photos or uh, rather I should say uh, video reviews um, of the Lomochrome Metropolis and uh, two reviews stood out to me, or I should say two reviewers, one being Ray Christopher, uh, R-A-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-O-F, uh, I'm sorry, P-H-E-R, again, R-A-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R, Ray Christopher, um, he did actually two reviews of the Lomochrome Metropolis, the first was, um, he, he, I, I guess he, he had some issues with it. And then the second one, he warmed up to it a little bit more. And then David Mahali, also known as uh, the old camera guy, uh, did a nice review of, of Lomochrome Metropolis. And so both of those reviews I thought were quite insightful and helpful for me. And they both suggested to rate the film at ISO 400. The reason being um, is that uh, Lomochrome Metropolis is not rated at any at any speed um, it's not DX coded uh, it doesn't come with a specific uh, film speed rating 
Um, but Lomography does suggest that you rate it between 100 and 400 ISO, so two stops of, of light, uh, you know, difference. Um, well, both those reviewers suggested to rate it at 400. Well, when I, I bought five rolls, and when I bought it, um, I decided that I was going to stick with uh, 400 ISO. And the first roll, I, I shot it at a an abandoned um, bunkhouse for a railroad. And I tell you what, I, I didn't really like the photos that much. Um, they were really, really muted and not just, you know, monochrome looking. They had color. They were certainly monochrome, uh, you know, very, very muted colors, but also just muted in general, uh, not much life to them. Um, now it could be that I had just recently mixed a new batch of developer and, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe something was wrong with it. I'm not sure, but, uh, it it just didn't turn, they didn't turn out, turn out that well. And here's the way I do film. When I develop a roll of film and then scan it, I usually straight scan it. And then the only editing that I do is to get rid of any of the dust that I may have missed by, you know, blowing it off, blowing off the, the, uh, the film and the scanner and all that, just by digitally removing the, the dust. I don't mess with the colors, I don't mess with the brightness, the contrast, or anything like that, um, mainly because I want to let the film speak. Doing anything otherwise kind of makes me think of my digital days, and I'm ch- kind of trying to be, be done with that. But when I scanned the Lomochrome Metropolis... <sighs> None of the none of the pictures were pleasing to me, um, so I did end up editing them a little bit, basically by um, darkening them a bit, uh, and that kind of increased a little bit of the contrast. I didn't touch the contrast, but just by darkening a bit, or you know, adjusting the levels a little bit, it it did increase the the contrast, um, and it made it made the pictures a little bit more appreciable, I guess. Um, but I, I still was, you know, I came away from that, that first role just rather disappointed with Lomochrome Metropolis. In, this, uh, in another sense, it was really, really grainy film. And I expected it to be grainy, but not that grainy. Um, so anyways, I decided to load my camera up with another roll of it and rate it the same way, 400, and just see what would happen. And the second roll ended up ended up being a bit better. Um, I still had to do some minor adjustments in post, meaning, um, you know, darkening it a bit. I've been using uh, levels a little bit more, the levels um, setting uh, on GIMP. And uh, I, I, I do like GIMP. It's a free program, kind of like Photoshop, and I, I guess I just... You know, I appreciate it, but I don't like again to to adjust too much. I like to let the film speak for itself. But uh, you know, I guess I'm allowing myself a little bit because I do want the photos to look good. And if the if the film isn't fully capturing what I think it should capture, I don't know. That's almost a philosophical <laughs> debate, isn't it? But anyways, um, the second roll ended up being a little bit better. 
I've got three rolls left to shoot. I'm taking a break from Lomochrome. They're in my freezer. I freeze everything, all my film, all my chemicals. Um, and instead, I'm just continuing to shoot ISO 1.6, the Kodak 2254. And I really love that film. Um, as opposed to Lomochrome Metropolis, this film is grain free. It should be at ISO 1.6. It is, it is so crisp and clear. It does have um, kind of a a blue green, you know, overtone to it. Each of the photos sort of has a bluish or blue green overtone to the photos, but um, I I rather enjoy it. Uh, it. It's got a unique look to it. It's not you know kitschy or uh, trendy or anything like that. It's just got a really nice look to it. Uh, Kodak 2254. I've got it, gotten it from the Film Photography Project as well as Michael Bartosik. Um, uh, both, of course, both vendors are are awesome. Um, so, anyways, yeah, Kodak 2254. I love it. Lomochrome Metropolis. Mm, uh, still deciding. Still deciding, but that's what what I've been doing lately. I did get to shoot quite a bit in an abandoned railway uh, roundhouse um, using both the Lomochromatropolis and the uh, Kodak 2254, and the 2254 photos looked better to me. So that might be the film choice that I'm going to stick with. That and Ektar, and you know, maybe some others. But this first year, I'm just, this first year, I should say, of film photography, I've given myself an entire year, which ends in June, of really delving into film photography and figuring out what I like about it, what I dislike about it, and if I don't like it at all, well, I'll go back to digital. But guess what? (laughs) I really love film photography. Um... And I'm figuring out which which kinds of kinds of films that I really appreciate. So far, not a big fan of Fujifilm Superior, uh, Superior 400. Not a big fan of Lomochrome Metropolis, although I do have three rolls left, and so I'll gladly shoot them. But so far, not the biggest fan of it. Um, I do hope that they lower their prices and uh, you know continue to refine the product. Um, I am a big fan of Kodak Ektar. I love that film. It's a, a really fine grain film. I'm also a big fan of the Kodak 2254, as I've talked about many times in this episode. But I just love that film stock. It's When people say it's a beautiful film, to me that is a beautiful, beautiful film. Um... So anyways, I'm giving myself a year to to figure this out and to decide if, you know, what films I like. And those are the kinds I've settled on so far. I'm looking ahead to uh, 2023 and 2024. In 2023, there's going to be an annual annual solar eclipse out um, in my one of my favorite parts of the world. That is the, uh, the Four Corners region of the... United States, uh, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico. It's going to pass right over the four corners, essentially. And uh, it'll be a, 
an annual solar eclipse, which means that um, it's like a total solar eclipse, but the moon doesn't occlude the sun completely because the moon is further away from the earth at that point. And so our viewpoint, from our viewpoint, the moon is actually smaller. And so it's actually a little bit closer to the sun, which means that it doesn't occlude the entire sun. Rather, at its peak, at the, the peak of that eclipse, if you were standing right on the center line uh, of the path of totality, you'd see a ring of, of sun. Now, I've never seen a, an annual solar eclipse, but I can imagine what it's like, and I understand the, the physics of it. A total solar eclipse is where you are standing on the, you know, the, the center line of the t- uh, path of totality, and the moon is closer to you, therefore apparently making it bigger in, in your viewpoint at least. And therefore it occludes more of the sun, meaning it occludes the entirety of the sun's disk. And I tell you what, if you haven't experienced a total solar eclipse, oh, nothing in this physical world has moved me so much as seeing a total solar eclipse. My wife, kids, and I went out to Nebraska in 2017, August 21st, and we saw that solar eclipse that went across America, and oh my goodness, it was so beautiful. So beautiful. So I'm planning ahead, uh, trying to figure out what film stock, what lens I'll need. Looks like I'll need maybe a 300 millimeter lens for my uh, DSLR, my SLR. Um, But trying to figure out how to capture because capture the the eclipse um i've heard it said that the to to photograph an eclipse a total solar eclipse you basically need the same settings as photographing a full moon i've tried capturing a full moon and i can't see any detail i can i can see whenever i've captured it on film i can see um a, a definite outline not a hazy outline, but a definite outline of the moon. But within that outline, I can't see anything but a bright disk. So I'm not sure what it's going to portend to be when I, you know, you know, if I use film to capture the solar eclipse, I might have to rely on my son's old DSLR, his Canon Rebel XT that he got <laughs> for him for free. For me, it was basically paying the person in uh, photographs of mine that I've developed for the lady and she said if I gave her a couple she'd give me the camera so he got a I think a 75 to 300 uh, zoom lens and maybe a 28 to 70 zoom lens so anyways he might have to use that for the solar eclipse and then I'll have to just borrow those photos from him (laughs) but anyways um, I'm rambling you know do that quite often so what are you guys up to as far as uh you know new projects um regarding film photography what uh, what have you uh, decided that you're going to try this year um i know for me uh, i've been doing a lot with red scale photography um i've done some double exposures uh that was fun i've done Loma Chrome Metropolis, snuck into a, an abandoned railway road uh, roundhouse. That was quite enjoyable. Um, I don't know. 
I guess whenever you do something new, it kind of reinvigorates uh, your creativity. And for me, that's what film photography has been. It's been a, been a reawakening of uh, some creativity that I'd kind of lost with digital photography. But anyways, that's maybe semantics. Anyways, I hope the best for for you all. Again, especially with this, not only the COVID virus, that you're healthy and safe, but uh, that you're economically, you know, sound. I know it's it can be rather challenging and scary to lose work. Um, so hopefully things are okay for you. So for this episode, I'm signing off and I'll see you, talk to you the next episode. By the way, uh, <laughs> thinking about episodes, I'm sorry I haven't been around as of late. Something happened, uh, and it's kind of COVID-related in the sense that I'm washing my clothes a lot more often, and I forgot that my phone was in my side pocket. I wear Carhartts, and so the I always put my phone in one of the side, you know, carpenter pockets, and I forgot it was in there, put it in the washer, and, well, it's defunct now, so I, you know, bought a new phone, a cheaper one. And so it, it took a bit of time to get get a new phone and update, you know, uh, download all the apps and all that. So that's uh, the main reason why it's been so long since I've put out put out an episode. I've usually done it once a week, and now it's been I don't know three weeks since I've done the last one. So please forgive me for that, and uh, I'll continue doing this. Um, every once in a while, something might happen where. I might have to leave off for a couple of weeks, but that's, you know, I'm I'm not being paid to do this. It's it's a it's a podcast out of my love for film photography. So I uh, hope you enjoy. Anyways, uh, have a good evening, morning, night, afternoon, whatever it may be for you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.